Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. This is your host, Jennifer, and this week I am joined with Dr. Barbara Hales to discuss all the secrets for successfully marketing your medical practice. Now be sure to tune into today's show where Dr. Hales and I are going to talk about the number one mistake practices are making today on social media. Why, doctor, you need to blog how to keep your patients from tuning out of your marketing message. Plus, Dr. Hales is going to share two quick action tips for supercharging all of your marketing activities, so be sure you stay to the end. Now, with excess of 30 years of professional involvement in the healthcare field, Dr. Hales is uniquely qualified to be a writer for medical and health marketing. As a medical doctor, Dr. Hales works in obstetrics and gynecology, starting from operating a practice with no patients to one with more than 10,000 active patients. So she actually knows what she's talking about when it comes to marketing. As an SEO expert marketer, Dr. Hales boosts search engine ranking for her clients in addition to promoting them to grow their practices. Dr. Hales is a best-selling author who was inducted into the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors, and she also has made lots of numerous um, appearances and guest spots on The Brian Tracy Show and Health and Wellness Today. She's had um, those programs have run on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox affiliates throughout the country. And Dr. Hales was featured in Newsweek magazine of one of America's premium expert champions and as a guest speaker at an event here in Orlando. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to tune in till the end. Dr. Hales has all kinds of good tidbits that you're going to be able to take back to your practice. Let's go ahead and get started. Thank you, Dr. Hales, for being here on the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. How are you today? I am fine, and thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. So what do you consider the number one mistake going on with social media today? Well, Jennifer, there are a lot of new social media sites springing up in the market. It seems like there's a new one every week, like TikTok, for instance, which has taken the world by storm. You can't possibly be active on all of them, though, nor should you. The key is to identify where your patients and clients are the most active and concentrate on that one. Once you are proficient in that, if you'd like, you can try out a second, but the objective is to reach your prospective patients and current ones, so just stick to the social media platform where they're at. Dr. Hills, are you on TikTok? I am not. <laughs> because yeah, we, that's where that's where my clients are not. <laughs> yeah, we have we have this conversation a lot in my office. We have somebody who was hell bent on us getting some of our doctors on TikTok, and I thought there's no way we're gonna like how are we supposed to manage all of that? And the people, the audience on TikTok was not their potential audience. So I think that advice is great advice. Do you think um, that physician practices out there need a blog? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you think about blogging, uh, you have to think about the benefits. And there are three recipients of this benefit that you address when you have blog posts. The first, of course, is your reader. You want to educate the viewers and engage them. Here is where you can disseminate highlights of breaking medical news, health conditions and concerns, new medical devices or techniques. The second is that you're addressing the search engine crawlers who are going over your website. Having a blog is viewed by search engines as having new and consistent and fresh content so that your practice is not viewed as stagnant or no longer existent. How many times have we seen uh, a, an office that has a website that hasn't been changed in 15 years. Don't you think, oh, they must have retired a long time ago or worse yet, like maybe he died and they didn't take the site down. The third person, of course, is yourself. Here is where you can express yourself in a way that not only showcases you as an expert in your field, but also a place where you can show your personality in the way you express yourself. So when it comes to blogging as a physician, how, um, how frequent, frequently are you blogging or do you advise your clients to blog? Well, here's the thing. Just because you have a blog post, it doesn't mean that you personally are the ones that have to actually do the post. What I recommend is at the beginning of the month to take out a calendar, what we call it an editorial calendar. Meet with your uh, staff and sit down and say, listen, I would like my post this month to center around these particular uh, keywords. Now, Mary, you know, you're front desk. And so, you know, these particular encounters are things that you are really well versed at talking about. Uh, Tim, you are in, uh, you are a billing department. And so you can address uh, blog posts that have all those concerns. Uh, a lot of the blog posts, you know, are giving people information that they're dealing with all the time. So it's not like it's foreign territory to them. By having an editorial calendar, you're not missing any of the keywords and you're allowing your staff to participate with you, taking some of the pressure off you. Yeah, and I think an editorial calendar is fantastic for later in the year when somebody comes and says, I don't think you've done much this year. And I like to pull out my editorial calendar and show our doctors exactly everything that we've done because it's right there on the calendar. And it helps you get kind of a top level of what's going on and, and to make sure that you're delivering just enough to make the search engines happy. Something that we get asked about a lot is um, SEO and keywords. And why do you think SEO and keywords are so important to practices? SEO is an acronym that stands for Search Engine Optimization. It's a way that the online bots can recognize who and what you represent. Keywords are the words or phrases that people type in the search bar to find you. Which word or phrases define you and your services? If you don't use them, people will not find you. After all, when they sit down to key in, they're not they're not looking for Mr. Smith if they just moved into the neighborhood because they don't know that there is a Mr. Smith there. What they're looking, what they're typing in is the specialty and the geographic location and maybe the part of the body that the person is having a problem with. So instead of typing in your name, maybe they'll type in um, orthopedic 
gynecologic surgeon of Baltimore, Maryland, who specializes in knees. So you want to be the one when those keywords come up uh, are highlighted first. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more because when you're, especially if you're typing in, if you're putting up together a blog on a regular basis, you want to make sure you have the right keywords and the right SEO because you got to be found on online because that's the name of the game. And speaking of being found, you know, your, your practice website can make or break you. So in your opinion, what are kind of the key elements that you need to focus on related to your website? When it comes to constant uh, content creation for a newly created website, every business is unique and needs something different. Just as you know, like every practice has something that they have to bring to the world. But every website should have certain key elements in common. You need to have a home page, of course. That's the page that you see when you first come onto the site. This is the page most people will see first, and as such, it should tell everyone what you do, who you are, and what your company does. The content on your home page should be intriguing enough to capture the attention of your visitors within seconds. Your home page needs to be well designed, load fast, and look professional. There should be a navigation bar on top so that you can easily access the other pages and know what they are. Just think of when you used to have loose leaves back in the day. There was always a, a divider page that had a tab so that you could just reach for the tab and flick to that topic. Having your telephone number and office location are crucial on every page. Even with a contact page, you still need to have this. After all, how is the person who's interested in you going to reach you? If they need to do research to find out what your telephone number is or what your address is, they're just going to click off. You need to have an about page, which is a bio page. People do business with other people uh, that they know and trust and like, and visitors want to learn a bit more about the people behind the company. The About page is often one of the most visited pages of any website. Uh, what you want to include is not only about yourself, the doctor. They want to know where you graduated from, where you got your license from, the hospitals that you're affiliated with, and any awards or certifications that you got. You may not like to brag, but this is the page where you definitely want to want to highlight yourself. You also want to uh, provide a picture of yourself so that when people come in, they could recognize you. What I like to take uh, tell uh, offices, however, is not to limit the about page to just yourself, the doctor, and the picture of you, the doctor. It really would be prudent for you to have a picture of every staff member with their name and the role that they play. This way, when somebody has never been to the office before and they come in, they know by looking at somebody, they recognize them from the website and they know just the role that they play. Oh, that's Mary. She is the front desk person. Oh, that's Tim. He is the one that I'm going to be talking to about <clears throat> my billing issues. So it's really important that you include everybody on staff. Then you want to have a service page. You want to be able to list details about the services that you provide. 
if there's a special technique that you do in the office or a surgical procedure, you want patients to know about it. Uh, give a synopsis of the services that you provide with bullet points of services and short explanations and links to learn more about specialized services. You know, what you can do is to mention the service and then give a link to a video so that patients can understand it more. In addition to that, you can also give a page that has who is eligible for this procedure, who, you know, would it be a great condition to treat, who would this be a contraindication for, etc. So they have a better understanding. If patients understand uh, everything that's going on, not only will they be able to uh, more sensibly choose their options, but they will be more compliant when you give your advice. Then you want to have a contact page. Your contact page should show potential patients all the ways that they could get in touch with you. It's important to have your phone number, email address, and physical mailing address because you know, patients want to contact you in different ways, depending upon who they are and their age and, and what they're comfortable with. You can also include here all of your social media accounts, your mailing address, your phone and fax number, if you have a fax number, and even your business hours. And then lastly, you want to have a blog attached to your website. Now, the blog is viewed by search engines as fresh content. Every time you upload another blog, they view the entire website as being fresh. And it's made up of uh, posts like journal entries. Uh, and this is where you could entertain and engage your readers. And also, uh, it's a place where you can, you know, show your authority or that you're an expert in the field and even let your personality shine through. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's a plethora of great information for a practice out there that's maybe looking to update their website. And those are some key pages and key elements that you need to have for every single site out there. We manage um, upward of a hundred different websites. And I will tell you, we often look to see collectively what are the most popular pages and hands down, it's the location page and the provider page. And so what you were saying about, make sure you have a headshot, make sure you talk about your awards, make sure that you add your, your most recent reviews on there as well. Make sure that um, people wanna know who it is that they're gonna see. And make sure, I would add this one, Barbara, to your list, make sure that your, your phone number is clickable because most of our websites are now accessed on a mobile device. And if your phone number isn't clickable, then people can't scroll through it and call you to make an appointment. But that is great information. Are you ready to make marketing easier? Join Dr. Marketing Tips Lab to unlock awesome tools and coaching from the experts you hear every week on this podcast. Hi, my name is Christiana Oyunchi, and I'm the Dr. Marketing Tips Lab Community Manager. My job is to make sure you know about all the great features Lab has to offer and to answer questions you may have. Speaking of features, your Lab membership comes with tons of marketing templates, checklists, webinars, how-to guides, and even a monthly coaching call with Corey, Jennifer, 
and the entire Dr. Marketing Tips podcast team. Learn more and sign up at drmarketingtipslab.com to streamline your marketing and kickstart practice growth today. That's drmarketingtipslab.com. See you in the lab soon. You know, for physicians out there, this is really top of mind these days. But why should, as a physician, why should you be concerned about managing your online reputation? Well, Jennifer, eight out of every 10 patients go online to check out a referral now before making an appointment, regardless of who that referral comes from. If you have a bad review and a no-star rating, don't expect to see these patients come through your door. You have to really work at making sure that the reviews are good and that you get five-star reviews. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, we we talked about this before, like this is the way that patients are finding you. And so you've got to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and your reputation is bigger than just your website. It's your entire footprint online. Um, How do you quickly find out if somebody is talking about your practice or your business online? Well, this is a gift that Google gives. You can register your practice or your business name with Google Alert. Uh, And this is wonderful that Google provides this free of charge. Uh, Not only is it free, but the number of names that you could register for are not limited. And after you register, anytime your name pops up, whether it's on social media, quotes in traditional media, or anywhere else online, you are instantly notified. Then you could take action accordingly, even if it is just a smile. Absolutely. And if you're doing what you said before um, and updating your blog on a regular basis, then you should be getting lots of Google alerts because every time you do that, Google recognizes the new blog. Absolutely. And and hopefully your engaged viewers are then taking some of the snippets out of it and uh, citing, you know, citing your quotes. That's right. That's right. So people have very short attention spans right now, um, including our patients. So what are some of the ways that we can keep our viewers from tuning out to all these messages? That's a good question that a lot of people are wondering about. First, ask yourself whether you are entertaining and engaging your viewers instead of simply droning on. Just remember when you were in school and the teacher went on and on and your mind uh, started to drift away. This, this may mean adding videos to more fully illustrate the ideas that you are trying to get across. They may also include photographs and uh, GIFs. After all, how many times have you seen a GIF of a puppy or a baby and laughed? And you remember that. You remember how you feel when you saw that. It's entertaining, and it keeps you on the page longer. The written information itself should be easy to understand and have spaces between short paragraphs so that the eyes don't have to strain to read without losing interest. Yeah, we've been using GIFs in uh, some of our um, social media marketing. We have a couple of urgent care facilities, orthopedic urgent care facilities we work with, and there's a ton of great GIFs out there of people, you know, falling off ladders or not not injuring themselves in a negative way, but just kind of funny stuff. And we've been using it in some of the marketing during COVID, and we've gotten some great response to it. Um, just kind of fun stuff. So my next question is near and dear to my heart because I've got two doctors that I work with right now who have just launched um, books that they have written and been published. So why do you think that authoring a book is so important? Having a book that you write distinguishes you 
from your other colleagues. The perception that patients have is that if you've written the book on the conditions that your you know, patients are looking to get advice from, you must be the expert or authority in the field. If you don't have the time to write the book and you'd like to have one, you can easily outsource it to someone or an agency that offers this, at this service. But let's face it, if there are five uh, specialists on the block and they each do the same surgical procedures and they each you know, are affiliated with the same hospital and they have similar practices, how do you distinguish who to go to? Well, of course, you're going to go to the one that wrote the book because that person is the authority. That makes perfect sense. And that's why we've got a couple docs out there that have written some books of recent um, because they are an authority and that's a great way to create authority, especially amongst peers. I think, you know, any kind of published journal articles or um, books for that matter are definitely something that really create a, um, a, a great referral relationships from a peer-to-peer -peer standpoint. So Dr. Hales, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Can you share maybe a couple, two quick action tips with our listeners out there in the Dr. Marketing Tips universe? Sure, Jennifer. Now, these are uh, very sensible, helpful tips that you won't hear in a lot of places. Maybe it's too practical. But the first is to buy the domain that has your name and the name of your practice. In terms of your name, you may never use it, but owning it prevents anybody else from using it. So, for instance, wouldn't you be upset if they put out a website with your name and said you were a porn star or exotic dancer? So, you want to own that site even if it's never used. The second is to fill out the profiles on every social media site. It's a gift for you to be able to give your information, highlighting your keywords on these profiles and drive traffic back to your website from it. Even if it's a social site that you don't actively participate in, you can still have the profile up so that when people do searches, your name comes up. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. And so back to the first tip that you had, um, just for the listeners, because sometimes I do share these things. So years ago, I was um, in elected office, and I had my own website. So my last name is Thompson, so it's Jennifer Thompson. And I own jenniferthompson.net. And um, one day, my site went down, and we couldn't figure out what in the world was going on. And it was because there in Europe, there is a porn star, and her name is Jennifer Thompson. And Jennifer Thompson was dating the number one soccer player in the world. And it was hitting all the tabloids. And when it hit all the tabloids, it blew my website up because I owned the domain because of a porn star dating a professional athlete. So it's a great example and it's something that actually happens. And so if you can buy your name, you should absolutely buy your name right now. <laughs> <laughs> And it, did make, it did make your name a household uh, word. Yeah, it did for, for a little. They were very disappointed when they came to my, my, my political website and didn't see what they were looking for. But with that, um, Dr. Hills, um, if our listeners want to get, a, get in touch with you or find out more, where can they find you? Uh, they could go to the medical strategist. That's S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-S-T 
www.thepowerofthenews.com. And for your listeners today, I have a gift. For all the people that would like to contact me, they could get um, an SEO audit of their website. I love it. And so will they. So um, with that, Dr. Hales, I want to say thank you. And we'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. Thank you very much. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.